but he spoke about the events. So we'll see where we're headed as a, as a people. Um, it's very interesting times, amen? The first three and a half years of the tribulation, according to the timeline that we had showed you weeks before, um, reveals to us six seal, seal judgments, the first three and a half years. We know there are different views, different beliefs. Uh, but with the timeline that I had up, it was seven years of tribulation, split in half, three and a half years, the first set. The second set, another three and a half years. And in the first three and a half years, there were six seals of judgments that we could find in Revelation 6, 7, and 8. When you look at Revelation 6 through 8, it's a horrible, horrible time of persecution. A horrible time of war and a horrible time of bloodshed. We studied in weeks past that there are a certain set of believers, of multitudes of believers that are on earth during the Great Tribulation. Remember that? Because John said in the scripture when he saw the throne that he saw those who were beheaded because they what? Because they stood for God and for the word of God, and they did not take the mark of the beast. So John describes a group of individuals that were there during the tribulation who happened to be beheaded because they did not take a mark, because they did not side with the beast, but because they stood for the word of God, and they stood for God. Kind of like what's happening right now in the other side of the world with the Christians that are being massacred. They're standing up for God, and they are not screaming back, Allah Akbar. They're screaming back, Jesus is Lord. So we see all these things in the first three and a half years. The Antichrist in chapter 13 is given power, as we discussed in Daniel's prophecy even yet last week. And he's given power to make war. He's given power to come against the saints with rage and fury for 42 months, for three and a half years, to put those who will eventually be beheaded uh, to the test and with fury and rage and wrath for three and a half years. We know and we've discussed in weeks past that after three and a half years pass, there's a sixth seal that is opened. And we know that the sun is darkened. The Bible says the stars fall. That's where a lot of people make a difference in where they stand when it comes to the timeline. A lot of people believe that this is the bride. A lot of people believe that this is the martyred saints in the middle of the tribulation. But the Bible says that in that day, in the three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, it says immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. Kind of like what happened when Jesus died on the cross. The stars will fall from the sky, the heavenly bodies will be shaken, and at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of all the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky. How cool is that? With power and with great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. If you're wondering what in the world did I just read um, I read verses 29 uh, through 31. Just You don't have to worry about it. I'm just reading some scripture. 
of Matthew 24, forgive me. And what we see Jesus saying there in that passage is basically how there is a three and a half mark where he receives those who were gone through the tribulation who did not take the mark of the beast. And it's going to be an interesting time when people see him in his glory come for those that were martyred for the sake of Christ. And those that come out of, the revel- out of the great tribulation are mentioned in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 14. And we know that the only way, if you study the way we've drawn out the timeline for you, the only way to come out of the tribulation and to be saved, uh, the Bible shows us in Revelation, is to refuse the mark of the beast and to die eventually. And, and that's the timeline that we've been going over. So, so it's so important. So important to recognize this. That towards the end of the three and a half years, there's a mark that is set upon a certain group of individuals. And that mark is 144,000. 144,000 Jews. Revelation chapter 7 teaches us that they're sealed. They're protected. And they're protected from the Antichrist. And the reason why they're protected from the Antichrist is because they're going to play a huge role to bring salvation to those who are in Israel in the last two and a half years. And those 144,000 will have alongside of them two men who Scripture calls the two witnesses. And those two witnesses will have mighty power. Out of their mouth, they'll be able to call down fire. Out of their mouth, they would be able to call out droughts. A lot of Bible scholars believe that those two men in the book of Revelation that will come back to bring judgment and to bring salvation unto Israel, a lot of Bible scholars believe they're the only two men in the Bible that we read of that have not died yet. Because the Bible says in Hebrews that every man must die once and then comes the judgment. So because of that, a lot of people believe that those two men in the end of the tribulation is Elijah the prophet and Enoch that will come back. Some disagree and say, no, it's Elijah and Moses. But we know it's going to be two men of the Old Testament, prophets of the Old Testament, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. Now, it's going to be very interesting as they come back at the end because there's going to be a day where people are fed up with them and they're going to kill them. I'll tell you what, we'll read that passage in a second. As the seventh seal is opened, which we'll go over in Revelation 8, we're going to see how now we're at the second half of the tribulation. We're pretty much coming down the hill of the tribulation when the seventh seal is opened in Revelation 8. When this seal is opened, we go through a much worse, uh, it's just progressively worse, uh, of plagues that we enter. And these plagues are poured upon all of the earth. This is what we know in Revelation, known as what's called Jacob's trouble. If you know the scripture, the scripture calls uh, Jacob, in the Old Testament, he wrestles with God. And God changes his name to what? To Israel, if you remember that. And Israel later on has 12 children. Well, I believe he has more children, but there's 12 that are talked about. And those 12 boys become the 12 what? Sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, which we get the nation of Israel as we know it. So it makes sense for Jeremiah and for Daniel to call the second half of the seven-year tribulation as Jacob's trouble or a.k.a. Israel's trouble. Because from this day forward, 
the Antichrist will now cause an abomination on the temple by saying, I am he, the Messiah. And he will turn his back on all of Israel. He will break his treaty. And he will cause wrath upon Israel. And poor Israel, Jesus sees it so bad that he says, in those days, let everyone who is in Israel flee to the mountains of how bad those days are going to be. It's going to be bad. So we see this in the second half, the three and a half years, the second half of the seven-year tribulation. And then the Jewish witnesses that I just shared with you, the 144,000, they're at work, they're doing their things. And something very amazing happens. I like this passage, so why not read it since we are talking about the end times. And it's found in Revelation chapter 11. And in Revelation chapter 11, it begins to discuss the two witnesses. Let's read it. Then I was given a read, verse 1, like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. And they are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. Pretty neat. And to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Look at verse 7. When they finish their testimony, their time here, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And those from the people's tribes, tongues, nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and they will send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Can you imagine that? All over CNN, Fox News. The two witnesses die in all of Jerusalem. Everyone's just rejoicing. <sighs> and their bodies are just hanging there. And they drop them on the floor and everyone's dancing and drinking and having a party around them. Because of all the wrath and all the judgments that these men spoke against the sinful, sinful people and the beast, the Antichrist. But on verse 11, something powerful happens. After three and a half days, the breath of life from God, I love that, the breath of life. It's the same breath of life that breathed into Adam enters them and they stood on their feet and a great fear fell on those who saw them. <laughs> That's crazy. Dead for three and a half days, they get up, I'm alive. Just think about that. Their bodies are decomposing, they're smelling, they have bugs all over them, they're out in front of the sun. It's not a good scene. And then they just get up and they resurrect. And great fear fell upon those who saw them and they heard a loud voice from heaven and they said, come up here. And they ascended, so they got kind of like raptured up, taken up to heaven. In a cloud, and their enemies saw them, in the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. It's a lot. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to God of heaven. Do you see how even through this, God is saving people? He's showing grace even through this time. 
The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. And then we get into the seventh trumpet. So these are going to be some interesting times for 1,262 days, these Jewish witnesses. If you add those numbers up, that's three and a half years. Will prophesy, work wonders in Jerusalem, and then they'll be killed by the beast. And three days later, they're going to rise. Now we know what happens at the end of the three and a half years. Jesus returns with thousands of his saints that were raptured up. And this is the great war that we talk about. There's one called Armageddon. And on that Armageddon, he comes to make war against all the enemies of Israel. Israel has a lot of enemies today. They're surrounded by enemies. They don't have not one friendly neighbor attached to them. Not one. Their only so-called friendly neighbor is far away across the ocean, the great U.S. of A., which we don't even know right now where we're going to stand in that area as their friends or not. And we know that during this time, he comes and he makes war and brings judgment upon the wicked at the battle of Armageddon. We see that in the book of Jude. We see that in the book of Revelation. And this is a great and horrible day in which he caused all the birds of the air to come and eat of all the dead that are in the battle of Armageddon till all the birds are filled. And Jesus returns. He stands on the earth. And everyone sees the Son of Man. And everyone begins to bow down and confess Him as Lord. At this time, there's a beast. There's the fall of that woman and that beast. And at this time, they're taken to the lake of fire. And the Antichrist is taken to a bottomless pit for a thousand years. And we enter the millennial kingdom, which we'll start discussing next week. God willing. Amen? But during the seven-year tribulation, there's some seals, there's some trumpets, and there's some bowls. <clears throat> Depends what translation of Bible you use, it'll say vials. And every single one of these seals and trumpets and bowls are all succeeding series of end-time judgments from God. And the judgments get worse and worse and more devastating as time goes. The seven seals, trumpets, and bowls, when we study them, you're going to see that they're connected. The seventh seal is connected to the first trumpet. The seventh trumpet is connected to the next uh, bowls. So you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but it's not done because seven holds one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and trumpets, but seven trumpet is not done yet because it holds one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more judgments called bowls, okay? going to be an interesting time. So very important that we see that. They're connected to one another. And we see that the seventh seal introduces that next, seven trumpets, so on and so forth. Now, as we look at the seven seals, you could turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 6. And in Revelation chapter 6, we are in the timeline that we showed. We are in the first three and a half years. And in Revelation 6, it describes the first seal. Let's read it together. Chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Now I saw the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, there was a white horse, and he who sat had a bowl. And the crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. 
If you look at that verse right there, that is the introduction of the first seal, and that is the introduction of what we know as, as the Antichrist. And that's the first seal that is opened. The Antichrist comes, and it introduces him. And he's coming to do what? To conquer. Conquering and to conquer. So he comes in as a conqueror. And we know that he comes in as some sort of self-fulfilled Messiah because he's able to do something that no man has ever done and that is to help Israel for the first time in thousands of years to build their temple of worship again and when he does that it's going to be very interesting days that are ahead for Israel and he's coming as this conquering king as this savior to the world but he's the biggest deceiver of them all and then we see ourselves coming into the second seal. Let's read that one, the second seal. In verse 3 and 4, it says, When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature, and it said, Come and see, and another horse. So, oh, I forgot to mention this. What the first four seals are doing here are, they're describing the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Forgive me, I forgot to mention that. This is what is known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And here on the second seal, we see another horse into the picture. And it says this, another horse, and this one was fiery red. And this one went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. When you look at the second seal that was poured out, or that was opened, sorry, we see something that happens here. This person riding on this horse is bringing conflict to the earth. What is the conflict that is being poured out on the earth when the second seal is open? He's fiery red, he goes out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace away from all of the earth and that the people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword. This was written during a different time. This was written during a time where there was not bombs. And a time where there was not machinery like we have today. A time where we did not have guns like we have today. A time when the greatest weaponry for warfare was probably the The sword. So when the second seal is open and this man comes to steal peace from the earth, but he comes with a sword to people to kill one another, what do you think it's describing in the second seal? It's a massive and great what that he's causing upon the earth. It's a war. So as you look at the second seal, he's causing on the earth great warfare. Great warfare upon the earth. And part of the description of the sword shows us that it's a war. Because that's what they would go to battle with and go to war with. And we see that in the second seal. There's conflict and the earth is being shaken and things are getting serious. And then, like, if that's not enough, a third seal is open. When the third seal is open, in verse 5, it says this. And everyone just put your eyes on that. When he opened that third seal, I heard the third living creature. And he said, come and see this one. And I looked and behold, there was a black horse now. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales, balances, balance. 
And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures, and it said, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. The third seal is now open. The third seal. Now what's happening here with the third seal? Anyone know what's happening? There's a huge famine now in the land. There's a huge famine. Prices are ridiculous just for wheat, just for barley. And no one with a proper job could even pay for that. It's ridiculous. And the third seal is open, and there's so much conflict going on. People have disappeared according to our timeline. <laughs> this world leader has stepped into the picture, and we're supposed to count on him for hope. But in the process of that, there's a war going on. And like if the war, we all know that it makes sense to be a famine because we know that big wars bring great famines. So when the third seal is open, probably because of the second seal, because of the war, the third seal reveals now you're going to have to deal with famine. This is interesting because we have war, we have famine, we have sick people, we have hungry people, and eventually people are going to want to what? Hmm? There's going to be a time when the Antichrist says, so you want to eat? This is what we're going to do to help you eat. And we'll see the mark of the beast show up later on. So there's going to be this third seal, and then there's a huge famine all upon the land. Third seal causes famine. And then we go to the fourth seal. The fourth seal says, When he opened that one up, I heard the voice of the fourth one come and see, and I looked, and behold, there was a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death and was Hades. And Hades followed him, sorry. Death and Hades followed him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. The fourth seal is open now, and things are just accumulating. Things are just getting worse. And what we see with the fourth seal is more plagues. People are hungry. What we see with the fourth seal is more famine, more plagues, more famine. And like if that's not enough, stronger, deeper, more warfare. So what you're seeing is you're, you're seeing things be stirred because at the end of the day, these things have to happen as we get ready to continue with these seals because it's going to get to a point where God says, this is it, I'm done, enough is enough. And God does away once and for all with Satan and the Antichrist. And he's longing for that day to conquer all of sin and to be with his people forever. But all these seals are being opened from the heavens. And now we see another one that's bringing plague, another one that's bringing more famine and more warfare. But then we see another seal that is opened, and it's a fifth one. And it says, when he opened the fifth one, I saw under the altar... Those of who had been slain, slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried, with, they cried with a loud voice and they said, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Do you get what they're saying? Lord, when will you kill those who did what they did to us? How long will you avenge, Lord? 
How long will we wait, holy and true God, until you judge and you destroy the ones who dwell on the earth? And then it says, then a white robe was given to each one of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. It's almost as if God's saying, we're almost there, but I'm not done yet. Some more people have to die. Some more stuff has to happen. And we see a fifth seal. And as that fifth seal is open, it shows us and it tells us of those who will be martyred. Martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. Martyred, especially as you look at this during the time, uh, during these end times of the Great Tribulation. And what you see is a response back from God, from the Lord. And God hears their cries. And it's cries of justice. And He will deliver it. And you're going to see in His time, He's going to deliver it. And He's going to deliver them from this cry, and it's going to come in the form of the sixth seal along with the trumpets and the bold judgments. Now when the sixth seal of all these seven seals is broken, you're going to see that this devastating earthquake occurs. And it causes a massive, and it's just terrible devastation upon the planet. It's what one person calls an astronomical phenomenon. Something that they can't even understand, a massive earthquake. And those who survive are right to cry out, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. This is what the end of Revelation says. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. And, and, who, can, and who can stand it? And we're looking at Revelation chapter 6 here. When you see... The sixth seal here. Everyone turn and look at the sixth seal as we look at verse 12 uh, with me for a moment. So I looked up and when he opened the sixth seal, behold, there was an earthquake, great earthquake, like I just said. The sun became black, the moon like blood, the stars of heaven fell to the earth, fig tree drops it's late figs, when it's shaken by a mighty wind, a lot of symbolism. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us. From the face of God, the face of Jesus, the face of the one who sits on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of His wrath has come, and who is able to stand this wrath? We discussed this. So what you see here is amazing disturbances in the cosmic world, causing huge earthquakes and islands to be removed from certain places. I've, I've heard so many things about Florida and the United States of how so... But I don't want to scare any of you. But whatever. How Florida, you know, all we're waiting for is just one, one little thing. And Florida's underwater. I'm sure you guys have heard it. Just one little poof in the ocean. Just one little shift of a plate 
in the ocean, and the water just comes, and Florida's a goner as we know it, and a lot of the United States can be gone, but, but hopefully we're gone, amen? <laughs> so the sixth seal is open, as we just read it. Tribulation has just become so serious that man hides in caves and says, man, just fall on us. We'd rather this cave collapse in on us than us to see the Lamb of God in his throne and his wrath. Think about that. Think about those days for you to say, fall on me, mountain, because I don't even want to see the face of God for all the wrong, for all the evil. And right here, we see that sixth seal. We see these judgments. And what happens is the sixth seal is about to introduce a seventh one. A seventh one which is actually revealing seven trumpets. That's what the seventh one does. I'm going to tell you what the seventh seal does. Everyone, just flip to the next page or whatever. Go to Revelation 8. Go to Revelation 8. In Revelation 8, you're going to see something very interesting. There's a seventh seal there. And that seventh seal now is introducing to us, guess what? Hey, guys, there's seven trumpets now. (laughs) Oh, no, I thought I was done. No, not yet. Seven trumpets. We find ourselves in verse 7 after the first six verses of chapter 8 show us how the seventh seal is revealing to us the seven trumpets. The seven trumpets are described here. And they're all contents within this seventh seal. I want to really look into these seven trumpets for a moment. What's going to happen here? Well, the first trumpet that is blown, the angel sounded it, and it says, And all hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And the third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned. I don't know if you just saw that. But when you look at this first trumpet, it's causing hail, it's causing fire, and what is it doing? It's destroying most of our what? Most of our plant life. Most of the plant life in the world. And we know very well that we need our trees. We need our plants. Because we need vegetation from those plants. We need to grow crops from those plants. From those grounds that have been destroyed by fire and hail, we need to grow food in that land. Does anyone know that we also need it for oxygen? Plants and trees are so important to mankind. They've always been. Do you remember when Moses was standing on the mountain? What did God show him? Showed him life. Rivers, show them trees, show them trees that contain honey in them. Trees and plants show life when Moses was 40 days in the desert, striving and trying to live. So here is the first trumpet that blasts after the seventh seal, and it's striking our vegetation, it's striking our plants and our trees as we know it, and then that opens up later on a second seal. And what the second seal does is, verse 8, verse 8. And the second angel sounded, he says, And something like a great mountain 
like a great mountain. I'm going to talk to you guys a second about this. And the great mountain was burning with fire, and it was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And the third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Did you guys catch this, what's going on right here? The second trumpet is blasting. And as the second trumpet is blasting, something like a mountain that is on fire hits. Imagine what John saw. Whoa! There is a mountain on fire! I love my grandma. She's telling me to lower your voice. <laughs> I'm trying. There's a mountain on fire! Imagine that for a second. A mountain on fire. But it's falling into the sea. I wonder what he saw. Could he have seen a massive missile? Could he have seen a meteor? Could he have seen a meteor so big strike the ocean and this meteor brings blood upon the ocean and kills a third of the fish that we eat from the ocean with a third of those who are on top of the sea and destroys a third of our ocean? That's a lot when 70% of our planet Earth is ocean. But he calls it a mountain on fire. And I laugh because I'm like, what he probably saw was, a, was some sort of meteor or comet, this massive rock that landed on the earth, and he couldn't explain that because there was not scientists like there is today that taught John that this is what a meteor is. He saw this massive rock fall on the earth, and the way he described it was, it's like a mountain on fire. That's a beautiful thing, how he uses these things to, to describe all this. But So now let's talk about this so far. Our plants are being destroyed. Our trees are being destroyed. Come on. Our ocean, our seafood is being destroyed. But you know who else is being destroyed? Who eats plants? Who eats of the trees? Our food is being destroyed. Because of these plagues, because of these judgments of God. And I love that while God is doing this, he's doing it for one purpose and one reason only, not to be mean. It's actually to be loving. You know what the Bible says? This is the things that are not in your notes. You know God's just there, right, talking. That a father who does not chastise his son does not love his son. And you know what God needs to do? Chastise this earth. And it's not because God is mean and God is wrathful and God wants to just kill people for fun. Hey, watch this Atari game I'm playing. No. It's because God loves his creation and God has given them a chance through all of this hell to come and know him, to come and receive him. Where else are you going to turn to but me? So then we see the seas are struck on the second trumpet. Then a third one blows. Ready? The third angel sounded it, and it says, A great star fell from the heaven, burning like a torch. There's, there's another illustration. He calls it a star. And it fell on a third of the rivers and the springs of the water. And the name of the star was Wormwood. And a third of the water became Wormwood, bitter. It became bitter. And many men died from the water because it was made what? Wormwood. It was made bitter. I don't know why he just didn't use the word wormwood again. It just became bitter. Everything became bitter. So this thing that fell was a bitter moment in life, and it caused bitterness throughout the land. And because of that, we see here that 
everything was made bitter on that third trumpet, more waters are struck. So not only is our salt life now being destroyed, but when the third trumpet sounds, we see something interesting. It's very similar to the second one, but yet it's affecting the world's lakes and rivers instead of the oceans. It's just falling all over the place. What is happening to earth? What is the Antichrist saying in his press conferences at this time? What false signs is that false prophet doing to try to make people feel good and continue to follow us, believe in us? We have, we'll give you hope. Think about that. Will they go back to the sea that was turned to blood and turn parts of it back to normal? And so you see, we got special powers. What will they be able to do during those days to try to win people back to them? Who knows, but we know that they're going to be doing marvelous signs and wonders and deceiving many. So now we see vegetation is struck down, the seas are struck, the waters, the fresh waters are being struck, and then a fourth trumpet blows. And when that fourth angel sounded, it says a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, and a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven. And he said with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of trumpets of the three angels who are, <laughs> who are right around the corner ready to blow the trumpets. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? There's an angel. Whoa, whoa, like danger, danger, danger to everyone that's living still because you have no idea about what's coming behind me. Those three angels are not messing around. These are three of God's toughest angels. <laughs> really hope we're not here. I really do. So, what do we see here? Fourth trumpet, and it causes the sun and the moon to be darkened. And everything is dark. You know, we could read within the text what happens when nighttime hits. And people are hungry. And people have no food. What happens at nighttime? Huh? They can't sleep. But what happens to people? They get very what? Very, very desperate. The Bible doesn't talk about those things there. But I'm just picturing as I'm looking in between the trumpets. People are hungry. People are dying. They've lost family members, and people are so desperate that now they're not, they don't, I don't believe in no one. It's what? Survival? The fittest. Only the strong survive. And when everything turns dark, you could only see crime at its all-time high. You could almost see people being broken into. You, you could just sense the days that are ahead within that, within that trumpet blast of the fourth trumpet. But it gets a little bit better. Oh, it gets a little bit worse before it gets better. And it's the fifth trumpet. Remember the next three? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you guys have no idea what number five, six, and seven are going to do. Let's talk about five, six, and seven. Look at how long the fifth one is. I told you he wasn't messing around. It's not two verses now. It's two paragraphs now. So the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Oops. Am I reading the right place? Okay, sorry. Chapter 9, verse 1. Forgive me. And I saw the star fell from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key of the bottomless pit, and he opened up the bottomless pit. 
And smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of the great furnace. So we see that the bottomless pit during this time already exists. But look what comes out. Satan's not going into the bottomless pit yet. Something's coming out of the bottomless pit. Smoke arose out of the pit like smoke of a great furnace. I'm wondering if he's talking about a furnace of death, right? So the sun and the air were dark the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth. It's not normal locusts, guys. It's not grasshoppers. You'll see, he's just describing it as grasshoppers. And to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power, and they have commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So God is, God is, God is coming against those that, that are not for him right now. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Look at this verse. In those days, men will seek death and they will not be able to find death. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. They won't even be able to commit suicide. God's going to be like, you're going to suffer through this. The shape of the locust was was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair of woman's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. These are like demonic beings that he's describing here that are just going to cause war on the earth and torment people. They had breastplates, like breastplates of iron. The sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and they were stings in their tails and their power was to hurt men five months and they had they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in hebrew is abaddon abaddon amazing study that word that word means destroyer but in greek he has the name apollyon and one woe is past Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. When you see the opening, or the, sorry, the blast of the fifth trumpet, it's something very important because something that is described as some sort of demonic locust are upon the earth. And what these demonic beings are doing as they're coming out of the bottomless pit is they are attacking and they are torturing humanity as we know it. And they're causing all kinds of havoc that as they torture humanity, humanity is going to want to die and try to look for death. And as they try to look for death, they will not be able to find death. And the one who is in charge of all this is some sort of demonic name by the name of Destroyer. And Destroyer will be leading this group to destroy and torment the people that are living on this earth. The fourth trumpet blast warned everyone, five, six, and seven are going to get a whole lot worse if you thought numbers one, two, three, and four were bad. And like if the fifth trumpet wasn't enough, then he blows the sixth trumpet and that angel, he says, he heard a voice of the fourth, uh, of the sixth, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Do you know when... When Satan was kicked out of heaven, you guys know he was kicked out of heaven, right? He was, one of, he was Lucifer. Do you know who he took with him? He didn't go by himself. The Bible says he took a word of heaven's angels. A third. That's a lot. You know that's a lot. Because in Revelation, it talks about a multitude of legions of angels that are around his throne. 
legions of angels is already a thousands. So if he has thousands among thousands among thousands among thousands among thousands of angels around him, a third is a lot. I'm wondering if these three animals that just came out of this bottom part, this Euphrates as he calls it, I'm wondering if they were fallen angels, kind of like Lucifer was with a certain power that he kept shut all this time until, until, look what he says, it had been prepared for the hour, the day, and the month, and the year for them to be released and kill a third. I'm guessing that's who they are. They have to be some sort of fallen angels that had some sort of power. And look what happens here. It says here, so the four angels who had been prepared for this killed a third of mankind, and the number of the army of the horsemen was, was 200 million, and I heard the number of them, and I saw the horses in the vision, and those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, and yeah, whatever, blue, and sulfur yellow, and, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, brimstone, but... These three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, and their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, they did not repent of the works of their hands, and they should not worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood. Remember dominion? Last Sunday, which can neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent for their false worship. And they did not repent for their murderers or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. There's just people that continue to live in this life that is not pleasing to God. And we see this sixth trumpet, and as the sixth trumpet blows, it's no longer a couple of locusts from a bottomless pit causing havoc. It's a worse kind of group. It's a demonic army. Army of fallen angels or demons that come and they kill a third of humanity. Can I stop you for a second? According to today, there are 317 million people living in the United States. Think about that number. 317 million. Earth's population right now is 7 billion people. If you wipe out a third of 7.1 billion people, you're looking at 2 point something billion people in one shot, gone and no longer on earth. I just told you that the United States has 317 million. When these armies of demons go crazy, they wipe out not just a country like the United States with 317 million, they wipe out a third of the world's population, which could be up to the billions. This is a massive time on planet Earth. Not only are we going crazy because of everything that's happening, but how do you explain two point something billion people dying in one shot? You've always wondered, well, I'll never stand for the Antichrist. You'll be surprised how many tough Christians stay 
And, and, and I mean, and they're here and they think they're tough Christians. And because the times are so hard, the times are so tough, that they won't be able to do anything but give me the mark so I can eat, give me the mark so that I can sleep, give me the mark so that I can try to escape these days. I mean, just think about this for a moment. What, what Revelation is showing us, these are some serious times that's ahead of us. Mankind still would not repent. And still would not repent. Still would not repent. And then we see the seventh trumpet. And why is the seventh trumpet so important? Because the seventh trumpet is going to release the seven bowls. And as the seventh trumpet is blown, it's found in Revelation chapter 11. And as the seventh trumpet is blown, it calls forth seven angels with seven bowls. And those seven bowls are seven bowls of God's wrath. Everyone look at verse 15 with me. Verses 15 all the way to 19 describes what I just said. As the seven trumpets are blown, seventh trumpet is blown. Loud voices of heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. The 24 elders sat before God on their thrones. They fell on their faces. They worshiped God. We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, was, and who is to come. You have taken your great power and reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time of the dead that shall be judged, they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, that prophets and, uh, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and those destroy and destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings and noises and thunderings and earthquakes and a great hail. Ah. Ask me, if you're going to ask me this question, okay, what do you mean by that? I have no idea. I have no idea, but this is going to be what a sight. What a sight the seven trumpets going to be. When that seven trumpet is shown with the seven bowls, the temple of God from heaven will be seen. And when that thing flashes before man, lightning and thunderings and earthquakes and hail will fall from heaven. It's going to be powerful. But what happens with this seventh trumpet is it releases seven bowls. Now, what does the seventh trumpet reveal to us? Well, it reveals to us what starts in chapter 16. In chapter 16, verse 1, he goes on again, he says, I heard the loud voice from the temple to the seven angels. And look what he says. Go now and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. God, you can't stop with the trumpets? No, I got seven more. Just bear with me. I'm almost done. So he throws out the first bowl. And he says, and the first went and he poured out his bowl upon the earth. And there was a foul, malignant, severe, loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. I feel so bad for those that thought they were going to get away with getting the mark. They're going to get a malignant, loathsome, foul, severe sores all over their body. Because they took and worshipped the Antichrist. 
feel bad for them. The first bull causes painful sores to break out on humanity during this time. Then a second bowl is opened, and the angel poured out the bowl on the sea, verse 3, and the sea became blood as dead men, and every living creature in the sea now what? Guys, when the Bible says something, it says something. Every living creature in the sea dies. This is a big problem for man. You are right. Oh, sorry, I skipped. So we see here that the turn, the blood, the... The water, the sea, turns into blood when the second bowl hits. When that second bowl, death of every living thing in the sea occurs. Now we're in a, just think about the times of earth. So not only am I filled, are people filled with sores who have the mark of the beast, but now all seafood, everything from the sea is dead. They can't even travel on the sea because it's, you know when a lot of fish die in the water. There's nothing nice in that water. You're not going to want to go in there. It's going to be nasty. And then a third bowl is opened. The third bowl is opened. The angel poured it out on the rivers now and on the springs of water, and they also became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. God's like, I'm getting back. You messed with my children. You messed with my people. You messed with my children. And what does he do? Because you've judged, oh, sorry. For they shed blood of the saints and the prophets, and now you've given them blood to drink. So they won't even be able to drink fresh water anymore. For all their source of fresh water is now turned into blood. And they can't drink water. Amazing days. And you're going to give them blood to drink. And look what he says in verse 5. For it is their what? I mean, verse 6, sorry, at the end of verse 6. For it is their what? It's what they deserve. It's their just due. And I heard another one from the altar saying, Even so, the Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are the judgments. So you know what I love about this? As the angels are bringing, God's, God, as the angels are bringing down the Lord's judgments, the angels do not cease to what? To worship their God. <laughs> it's amazing. Then the fourth bowl is open. So the third bowl causes the rivers to turn into blood, and then there's the fourth one. And it says this, The fourth angel poured out his bowl, and the sun and power was given to him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God. Are you crazy? Who was power over these plagues, and they did not repent, and they did not give him glory. When you study this, what are they really talking about? Something happens with the sun. Sun happens just to come what? A little bit closer to the earth. And as the sun comes a little bit closer, everyone is scorched. And everyone is burning. And we find ourselves on the fourth bowl. And on that fourth bowl, sun's heat is being intensified and is causing great pain on all of those who are on earth. But then there's a fifth bowl. And as it's being poured out on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, the Antichrist is going to even be in pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and they did not repent for their deeds. My goodness gracious. 
When will you ever get it? The fifth bowl causes great darkness. And all it does is intensify the sores from the first bowl that we spoke about. It makes it even worse. Even the Antichrist is cursing God because he's in pain. Isn't that awesome? I like that one because he's suffering. It's good. And then a fifth bowl, oh, sorry, sixth bowl. I'm all over the place. I'm seeing like these things double. The sixth bowl is poured and on the great river Euphrates and its water was all dried up so that the way of kings from the east might be prepared. And they saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, for they are spirits of demons, so demons are released from these guys. And they began to perform signs which go out of the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Guess what we're going into, guys? During the sixth bowl, we're watching the armies prepare themselves for Armageddon. And the demons are grabbing all the countries to come against Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gather them together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. We stood there. We stood there in Armageddon two months ago. And what a sight to see Armageddon. To see it from one side to the other side and say one day the Antichrist will be here with the false beast and every army. And they're going to come right through here to enter into the holy city. And God will say, uh-uh. No, you won't. When you look at this sixth bowl, the Euphrates rivers is dried up and the armies now are being gathered together and they're going to wage war now. And they're going to wage war in the battle of Armageddon. But then there's a seventh bowl. And the seventh angel poured out its bow into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying what? Saying what? It is finished. It's the same words, the same exact phrase that Jesus Christ said on the cross. It is finished. The wrath of sin. And then he says the same thing. It is finished. The wrath of God. And as he says, it is finished. It is done. And there were noises. I love how he says there were what? Noises. Do you want to know why I think John writes there were noises? Because he couldn't explain it. He couldn't explain what he heard. You ever heard a story by someone say, you, you just have to be there. That's kind of what John's saying here. I, I just heard noises. I, I, noises I've never heard. I've never heard these noises. And then he says this as we get ready to close. I heard noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake that had not occurred since men was on the earth. The great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. God thus is doing something with this earth during this time. 
and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. The seventh bowl results in a devastating earthquake, and it's followed by giant hailstones. For you guys that do not know, I'm going to show you. I used to know it when I used to, and I'll tell you right now, give me one sec. A talent is about 60 pounds. Those are some serious hailstones. You're talking about blocks, sheets of ice falling upon men. How many of you read that and you thought, oh, it's going to be hail? No, it's going to be sheets of ice. And when they land, they are going to smash 60 pounds falling from the heavens. It's amazing. That's amazing. I love what verse 5 and 7 through 7 says when the angel of the second bowl says, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is, the one who was and who is to be. Because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And then I heard another angel, and he said from the altar, Yes, even more, even so. The Lord is also God Almighty. True and righteous are your judgments. That's a perfect way to end today. Do we totally understand all this stuff? I don't know if the greatest scholarly biblical man in the world would be able to really understand all this stuff. I've heard the I mean, people that have mastered their whole lives studying on the end times, and yet, I don't even think they scratched the surface of what really is going to happen during these tribulational days. But I know that there's one thing that's for sure, and it's what the angel says. And what the angel says is this, the Lord God Almighty, who is true and righteous, are his judgments. And Lord, you know what you're doing. And I want to end today the same way I started. Lord, let us be watchful. Let us be ready, and let us live these days persuading men of the days to come. Amen? So when we look at these trumpets, these bowls, these seals, these are some interesting days to come in those seven years. Interesting days as we see. Did you notice anything? Did you notice it was really bad in the first three and a half years? But did you notice how bad it really got? when it dealt with those who had the mark of the beast, it just intensified even more. It became so much more stronger, more intense upon all those inhabitants of the, of the land. Guys, I'm going to share with you, next week we'll get into the millennial kingdom. That's good stuff. That's happy time. I promise. So today you go home sad. Next week you come happy. Okay. What was I saying? <laughs> I guess we have to pray.
Yeah, be happy. I guess that's what God doesn't want me to say. I don't have any questions. I mean, I don't have any answers probably to your questions, but does anyone have questions on these bowls, seals, and trumpets? I would love to hear your question. Oh, seriously. Lou, I probably don't have the answer, but go ahead. Sheltered? Oh, when? Yeah, I'm going to mention them again, the Millennial Kingdom. Um, everyone, a lot of people have different views, but I see the 144,000 as part of those that God does protect, who repopulate in the Millennial Kingdom, and Israel sets up their temple again. 